Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, you will learn the risks and rewards of crypto, what is DeFi and how to use it in business, the worst things seen in the crypto industry, the tools to get us started with your crypto journey, and you will watch and experience yours truly getting exposed and coached by my friend, Brady Patterson. Welcome, Brady. Brady. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. I have known Brady Patterson for quite a few years now. He is one of the best people that I know. Heart-centered, awesome person. He's got one of the best hearts that I've seen around, and I'm not exaggerating. And uh, we are about to have a very interesting conversation. If you know anyone that could benefit from learning about crypto and uh, how that is changing the world of our personal lives and business and the rest of it, uh, send them the link have them join this live conversation and if you have any questions about crypto pop them in the chat box and we will do our best to cover them now as usual please make sure to like and subscribe to whichever channel you're watching if you have any questions put them in, a, in the chat box if you have a friend that could benefit from this conversation uh tag them as a comment and or share the link of the show with them uh now or later and um that is it. Let me do the proper introduction to my friend Brady, and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. Now, Brady Patterson is a multiple best-selling author, survival trainer, and international rodeo champion. He has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as Shell, BP, Husky Oil, and Suncor. He advocates for any business to add a crypto channel to their business to get ready for the future of finance. In 2018, he dove into crypto to learn more about the industry and has been waist deep in it ever since teaching a course on decentralized finance covering the ins and outs of cryptocurrencies. Currently, Brady and his wife are full-time digital nomads traveling the world and helping people and businesses grow their confidence around the crypto industry. Welcome, Brady. Good to be here, brother. As always, good to see you. Good to see you. How's your day so far? It's been good. I uh, I spent the morning. Uh, my my sister just had a new baby, so I spent the morning trying to get Victoria to go to sleep when she didn't want to. She's fighting really hard to not. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. I love, I love kids and babies. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a baby girl. Baby girl. Yes. What's the What's her name? Victoria. Love it. Love it. That's always exciting. I love kids. And uh, yeah, you, you they, they they just do what they do, right? Yeah, she has two. She's got uh, um, um, a boy and a girl, and the boy is in the ter just kind of in the terrible twos right now, and so he's a bit of a handful. And he was a daycare today, so I got to sneak over and and just kind of take care of her this morning while my sister was doing some stuff and we were having some conversations. And um, I actually realized I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I think it's like thirteen in total. I've never had one of them fall asleep on me before. And so this was this morning was really fun because, you know, I'm holding her talking and all of a sudden there's like the grasp on my neck and all of a sudden she's tucked into my shirt. And I was like, oh, this is this is like magic. That's awesome. That is awesome. How old is the baby now? Six weeks. Oh, my God. It's like a baby, yeah. baby. Yeah, very tiny. Good. good. So let's dive into it. Brady, what is your story? My story? Well, I do want to... Um, 
I know we're going to talk about crypto and stuff. Uh, I do have to make a very quick disclaimer about the crypto space because I'm not a financial advisor, despite my experiences in this industry in crypto. Um, I, I'm, this is not meant to be like financial advice, investment advice or anything like that. Um, I am just a guy on the Internet who happens to know Mustafa, uh, you know, that's sharing my experience about what worked for me, and what I've done. Um, so it's my opinion. Um, you always got to do your research in the crypto space. And I, I do want to make sure that's clear in advance. Uh, my story, my gosh, it's, I mean. Brady, Brady, just one sec. People, yeah. if you're watching or listening, I make the same claims. <laughs> We're not making financial advice here. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so so my story. I mean, I grew up on the farm in in uh, in the prairies of, of Canada, and and uh, not too far from where you live. And I actually competed multiple times in the Calgary Stampede, which is in the city you reside. Um, have took took home first place every time I went. Actually, so I I loved that. Um, I, I loved the rodeo world. I loved being growing up in that industry or in that particular world. Uh, and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So. When I was quite, my, my, my father's run multiple companies. My mom was, I think, female entrepreneur of the year in Alberta in 1988. Uh, my uh, stepfather and her actually went on to create one of the largest Alberta-based Alberta uh, oil and gas service companies um, that existed. And so until they were bought out by uh, Trican. So I'm familiar, I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial environment. And <clears throat> I, I know that a lot of people kind of make the transition at some point they go from like this this idea of you know they they work in a job and they learn some skills and they grow their entrepreneurial spirit before they have the confidence to go forth and do something different uh i just was so in engrossed in that industry that is the first opportunity i mean i did have jobs to be perfectly clear but i kind of i i went right into okay first business it failed miserably moved to the next one you know, and continue to to learn lessons by actually running businesses rather than uh, taking my time to learn the ins and outs of a particular industry. So, it you know that included things like I ran a DJ service. Um, I had uh, I got into network marketing because I thought that was an interesting model to look at. Uh, I played with uh, real estates. I built natural homes on Vancouver Island, so the houses made out of mud and straw and clay and things like that. Uh, down to you know, getting into uh, information marketing, affiliate marketing, and helping people market their products and services. And that's, of course, that's how you and I met. And I believe 2016 uh, in the fall. We met in 2016? Yeah, it's 2016 or early 2017. Pretty, pretty, wow. pretty close in Vancouver. And um, so it's, you know, I, I, I love the information. I love being able to help people. Not, not that I have anything wrong against physical products. I've sold physical products. I have clients that sell physical products, uh, but for me, I really love information because it's the one thing that number has really low overhead. <laughs> uh, so, so it makes it really easy to kind of have really nice margins and, and so create a really nice life. Uh, and also at the same time, uh, it helps other people accelerate the efforts they're making in business. Uh, whatever, whatever happens to be doing, if it's business coaching, if it's, you know, our, uh, and I mean, I've paid for tons of these services myself. Uh, I, my wife and I sat down one day and we did the calculation and I had spent um, at that point, and this was maybe six years ago, about $257,000 on coaching, training, uh, and different services to help me grow my businesses over the past 20 years. So that's the amount of money you spent. That's the amount of money I spent. Wow. You know, so, so definitely a tidy little sum on, on those kind of, those kind of things. And that led me to the place I am today. And, uh, I 
have one of these like kind of horror stories in the crypto space. I'm not somebody that, you know, had their, their first Bitcoin uh, and had it on a computer and threw out the computer, which is a true story. There's a number of people. There was a guy that searched a garbage dump for years trying to find his old computer uh, because he had roughly, I think it was like 10 million or $20 million of Bitcoin sitting on his computer. Uh, but I bought my first Bitcoin in 2010 or 2011, right? When they've put in the very, one of the very first, if not the very first Bitcoin ATMs or BTM uh, in Canada. And uh, I went down and our local cafe allowed us to get a discount on uh, the meals if we paid in Bitcoin. And so I was constantly in, in that town uh, at, and it was my favorite. They made this really good falafel wrap. And I would go down there, I would buy my, I had finished at the courthouse because I worked in the, at that time I was doing foreclosure real estate. And I would go down, I would, I would finish up my day, get a, a sandwich, pay for it, buy a Bitcoin, give it to the, to the staff as a tip um, and, and then leave. And that was when Bitcoin was still like a dollar-ish or under a dollar. And so I, I kind of bought and sold or bought and gave away hundreds, if not in nearly probably a thousand Bitcoin which I mean, at, at uh, today's current rate is, I think, about $30 million, something like that. It's, it's a lot. I, don't, I haven't done the math lately, but it's uh, at we're at about 30,000 US per Bitcoin right now. And if I got rid of a thousand, uh, you can you can do the math on those things. It's, it's a significant sum of money. So I have like that horror story. So if you kept your money, if you kept those, it would have been worth $30 million? Something to that effect. Um, 30, what is it? 30? I do 30,000 times, I have to get my calculator here, times a thousand. Yeah, $30 million. Oh yep. my God. $30 million. So I, I, ha I have a horror story for a friend of mine who actually just called me right before the show. This guy bought Bitcoin at about seven cents. And he, I think he put like a hundred bucks or so in it. Mm -hmm. And he had it on a laptop. And when sometime when he was moving, he lost the laptop. We did the math. He would have had about seven to eight hundred million dollars if if he found the laptop. And he actually went to the Calgary dump trying to find it. But yeah, he's probably still depressed about that. Well, let me tell you this: it definitely these kind of stories become the foundation of what sets your confidence. Like any mistake or. Um, challenge in business. I mean, this set the tone. Like I remember in 2015 when Bitcoin jumped up in price, and then in 2018 when it again, or 2017 when it jumped again, and then the crash of 2018. I mean, all these things. I just learned more and more lessons, and then I kicked myself because I really didn't get back into um, cryptocurrencies until about 2018, until just about first quarter, end of first quarter, 2018. Wow. And then the market crashed. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I, I learned some new stuff about you today. I had no idea you've taken first place in rodeo in Calgary. I did not know that about you. And it's like, it's like learning about people is like a never ending process. It, regardless of how much time you spend with someone, there is always something new, something interesting that kind of, uh, you know, surfaces over time. You're like, wow, I had no clue you've done that. Where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm actually sitting in Edmonton. I, I we're, we came up to meet my my niece, so uh, I'm here in Edmonton, and we leave on Saturday. That's amazing. That is amazing. So, um, love your story. What do you do these days, and who do you serve? 
and what do you do for them? Yeah. So primarily I teach a, a course for a, a lot of, I have a mixed audience. So I get a lot of entrepreneurs looking for places to kind of park uh, some free cash from there to look at like an alternative strategy. I love to help entrepreneurs find a way, right? Coaches, consultants, authors, speakers to use crypto in their business, whether that's accepting a, it as a payment option. Uh, and then of course there's challenges that come with that, with the, the fluctuations of the currency. Uh, but then also uh, looking at it as a tool for down the road at like uh, uh, one of our mutual friends, Jay, you know, uses NFTs as part of his, uh, to sell tickets to his events. So I look into those places and I particularly work on helping a business put the, um, to, to kind of build out passive income strategies. And I, I say passive income really loosely because it's been misused and overused and wrongly used and terribly used for many years. There's no real such thing to me as true passive income. Um, because like you, you have to do something, you have to collect a check or whatever. Uh, but I really like investing in cryptocurrency projects and showing people how to do that, that generate revenue, uh, or at least, uh, a return on their tokens month after month, year after year, uh, and can consistently do it. Do they always win? No, but I talk about a diversification process so they can do it. So I spend a lot of time teaching how to use cryptocurrencies to create this kind of more more passive revenue source so you can focus on what you're doing the best and park some free cash in something that should down the road when you go to pull it out be able to return you a, a net income rather than a, a net loss love it like to me it's like it's passiver versus yep. just doing absolutely nothing and becoming a billionaire which people would love to do that but compared yeah. to like showing up doing a you know nine to five this one is way less work than your average daily job that you would do. Love yeah, it. So I'm sorry, you were saying. Oh, I no, I was gonna say absolutely. I definitely right. And so what got into what got you into crypto? What was the what's the story there? Well the first time would be because I, I was honestly just trying to save expenses. So if they gave me a 10% discount in Bitcoin to pay for a meal, I was like, well perfect. It's my favorite cafe. I'm gonna do that. Uh, in 2000 and I got in in 2018, but in 2017, I actually promoted a webinar to a business networking group that I ran and it was for a course on how to buy Bitcoin. And I thought that was really weird because it wasn't that hard. I, I went out the last time I had tried, I just went to an ATM, a BTM and bought it. And so I was like, well, how is some, like, how is somebody selling a $2,000 program on how to, uh, buy Bitcoin, which at that point was really still the only major cryptocurrency. There was, there's was other altcoins at the time, but, but it was really the only major one. And I was like, wow, it's not going to go anywhere. The market crashed again. Uh, I promoted the webinar and then I, you know, we, I dealt with the aftermath of the crash that happened within weeks of it happening. And then in 2018, I was like, well, I, I really want to start in, in investigating this space, but I think Bitcoin's oversold. So I'm going to start doing other things. And uh, I, so I started investing in altcoins and diving into all these like, you know, alternative tokens that 99.9% .9 of are either gone. I basically lost money on everything. I tried a day trade. I tried all these strategies and I realized that like, I, that's just not for me. I, I couldn't generate consistent revenue. And I was spending four to six hours a day trying to figure out how to make this work. Right, mm -hmm. eating into my time with my spouse. I had a full-time business doing coaching and training, affiliate marketing, things like that. Um, it just was eating all my time. And 
so I, I pared down for a while. I took like a kind of like a little crypto break. And while I was doing that, I started, I was still buying crypto, but I was dollar cost averaging in. I was buying small amounts. Like literally I was buying $5 a day, right? So just little bites here and there of, of different currencies. And then after losing a bunch of money again, when I got right back into it in a big way in 2019, before, you know, the world kind of had a huge fundamental shift, um, I realized like, I could generate money passively or as passive as can be uh, by supporting the underlying networks, not just buying a token or a coin or a piece of uh, a digital asset that uh, just sat there and I was at the whim of it going up and down, which I, in a way I still am at that whim, but now it just doesn't sit there and do nothing. It sits there, my assets sit there and do something. So they, I run you know, virtual machines or servers, hardware, miners, things like this, so that it can actually generate me revenue as time goes on, instead of being like this, this uh, just a, a crypto savings account, if, if you will. Love it. So you talked about dollar cost averaging. Could you tell us what that means actually in action? Sure. So, I mean, it comes from traditional investing. It just means you, you want to buy a little bit at a time to smooth out the market fluctuations. So if you're buying Apple stocks, for example, uh, you know, and, and this is one of the reasons why I like cryptocurrency. You don't have to buy an entire Apple stock. For example, if you're buying a cryptocurrency, you can buy a fraction of a currency. Uh, but with if you're looking at the traditional market, um, you have to buy maybe like a stock a day. You know, so you're spending 110 bucks a day or whatever, or 100, or maybe you're buying one stock a week, right? As you build up. And I, I do like Apple stocks because they are, they're a dividend. They put out some, they put out some money. Uh, but with cryptocurrency, the way that looks with dollar cost averaging is I can just put in an order for $5 worth of Bitcoin every single day. And in fact, I have orders that, and I still do that. It's programmed into my system. So it buys $5 of Bitcoin, $5 of Ethereum, $5 of Cardano, all these different tokens that I believe in. Um, and it'll buy a little bit every single day. So no matter what the market's doing, if the market crashes, now all of a sudden I'm instantly buying at the lowest price point available. I buy five bucks that day. And then the next day it starts to increase. I buy five bucks again. And then also maybe it crashes again and I'm buying at the low again, or then I'm buying at the high. So it smooths out these really rough edges uh, and allows me to kind of uh, increase my positions without increasing a dramatic amount of my risk. So how do you have that set up? Do you like set it up to say, if Bitcoin reaches $35,000 buy $5 worth of Bitcoin? Or do you just say at 10 a.m. on every day, buy $5 worth Bitcoin, for example? How do That's you do that? The second one. So I have mine set on just a timer and it is actually interestingly 10 a.m. every day. So at 10 a.m. every day, my app buys $5 of all the, of all the tokens that I buy. And then which app do you use to do that? Uh, well, technically I use a couple, but uh, I use KuCoin, which is an exchange. Uh, it's a cryptocurrency exchange. They can buy, you can set up crypto bots or a DCA bots that will buy, um, buy your tokens every single day uh, based on your own, you know, every hour, every eight hours, whatever. Uh, and then for Bitcoin and Ethereum, I, cause I'm Canadian, um, I use an app called ShakePay and ShakePay allows me to also set timers and buy at the same time every day. Love it. I've also heard of Binance. What's your take on that? Uh, Binance is another exchange, just like KuCoin. Uh, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. I used Binance for the first part of my trading experience. And when I got into crypto, I still use Binance to this day. Uh, I just prefer KuCoin because they have the trading bots where you can um, do the dollar cost averaging. 
Binance, I think, introduced that, but because I was already because it's already set up on KuCoin, it wasn't going to bother uh, pursuing that. Got it. Love the idea. So, what what would you say to people that? are like looking for the bottom and they're like, you know what? It's really easy. You buy at the bottom, you sell at the top and they would just, uh, uh, I think it, it, it would be kind of an opposite of the dollar cost averaging strategy. Mm -hmm. And they would do, they would like, they're not constantly. Uh, and I think I'm guilty of that. I did that kind of last year where I was looking for the bottom, looking for the top and it, I, and it, it just, it just, I didn't have fun with that. That's why I quit. I'll, I'll probably share more on that and get your feedback on it. But so what would you say to those people who are like trying to outsmart the market? If you're not a incredibly strong technical trader and have absolute nerves of steel and can spend 24 hours a day watching your computer, good luck. Uh, the, the problem with crypto and one of, one of the biggest problems <clears throat> is it doesn't sleep. So the crypto market is 24 seven, 365. It's always going. It's not yeah. like the traditional stock market where it only runs from, you know, nine till three or whatever the, whatever yeah. the market is. It, it's, it's not open just a few hours. It's open all the time. And so it becomes really challenging to, uh, to catch those market peaks, market cycles, because what happens on, in our area of the world in our, in our time zone, for example, uh, we go to bed and the other side of the world is waking up. And all of a sudden, they some news comes out that we don't hear about because we're in bed sleeping. And the next thing we know, the crypto market either goes, it crashes through the floor or it runs up to the past the ceiling. And you can't catch them. The yeah. only way that that's why dollar cost averaging exists is because that trying to chase the highs and lows is really difficult. Now you can do some of it with. Um, uh, with trading trading bots where you can have trailing cells trailing boat if you've done it properly you can you know it can chase down those things and you can you can set limits uh but it requires a very strong technical knowledge and trading experience and uh it's just it was far too much far too much effort for me uh, i'd rather uh make and, and and over time averaged out dollar cost average investors versus the average trading um expert are roughly the same so if I don't have to do the work uh, of being highly technical in my in my technical analysis of a chart, and I can make the same as somebody who's studying this and spending hours and hours and hours a day doing it, I think I'll choose the lesser option because I can just set it and forget it. And that makes much more sense to me. Love it. So here's my story. Last year, um, we got into crypto and it kind of, we kind of formed a, a, a group, let's call it a mastermind of friends who were interested. We were working together, educating each other and, and the rest of it. I got into it and then I think it was January, March last year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the mar market was really, uh, I think Bitcoin was at the highest. And so I had a few people around me uh, who made a killing like they put in 20 grand um what was that uh, the coin that elon musk uh dogecoin dogecoin he bought a bunch of dogecoin at like seven cents and then they they went up to like 30 bucks and this guy was like like his smile was up to his ears and he was really happy and i was like missing on the boat i was trying to play catch up and then like you said this market runs 24 7 
So it literally that that fact kind of destroyed my life. As we had a we had some money in, and I'd be up like at 3 a.m. looking, trying to see what happened to Bitcoin and the rest of them. And and then after a while, I kind of gave up. So we had some money that we were in touching, some money that we were trying to, uh, you know, day trade and this and that. Because some and some people were making crazy amounts of money day trading and this and that. And we're like, oh, this would be amazing if you put in 10 bucks and some shit coin turns into a billion dollars. That's the, the opportunity we're looking for. So that's my story. And I'm wondering what has been that which didn't work after a while. I'm like, this is not for me. I don't like charts and numbers and I don't like chasing this thing. I'm get out. This would work if I put some money in there and I leave it and come back later. Mm -hmm. What's been the strategy that's been working for you for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, Does that sound one, by the way, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel the pain because I didn't bring it up earlier, but that was part of the reason I lost so much money when I was first starting was I was chasing shit coins, trying to like cat, you know, trying to make a fortune and, and, uh, you know, I won on a few of them, but the losses never really, I was like, I was always still, I'd be like, Oh, okay. I made, I made awesome money. I'm going to go into these projects now. And, and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to do so much better this time. And I'm going to be so much better on the technical analysis and I'm going to crush it. And then I got crushed. Uh, and so I, I understand what you're talking about. So what's worked for me is, is number one, the dollar cost averaging into, um, you know, what, what I would call blue chip cryptos, right? So that'd be Ethereum, Cardano, like top tens. The, the, the exception to this, by the way, and there's a caveat that goes with this, is last week, for anybody that's familiar with the crypto market, the number eight crypto in the market went from uh, around $100 to zero. That was Luna, right? Luna, you betcha. And it's ecosystem, right? And that's one of the things I used to teach very heavily because it's it, Luna was one half of a pair of coins. So you had Luna on one side and UST on the other, which is a stable coin tied to the US dollar. Uh, it's not so stable, apparently, as we can now tell, because if you look, I think it was like eight cents today. Uh, instead of a dollar, and it should be dollar for dollar for a USD. And so you have to, that's that's a great example of why not just holding one particular token works, yeah. because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the chances of Bitcoin going anywhere are very slim. The reason for that being that um, there's no inflation on Bitcoin, there's never going to be more Bitcoin, there's never going to be um, a lot of like, there's no changes can be made to the code, the actual code of Bitcoin. Like there's, it, it, it's just not likely, it's different than almost every other digital asset. And so it, it will, and it also has that kind of first adopter um, and huge institutional investment at this point. So it's probably not going to go anywhere. That doesn't mean it won't. Uh, yeah. That just means that it's less likely than any of the other ones. But so I typically will go into, will dollar cost average into the blue chips because I believe that that's probably one of the better long-term strategies. And then I split the rest of my, and I do about 80% of, oh, it's probably more like 70, 70% of my investment is just dollar cost averaging into those particular tokens. So I just, when I have free cash, 70% gets allocated to the accounts that buy automatically. Um, and then I do, when the market drops, I might buy a chunk of, of extra Bitcoin or extra Cardano or extra Ethereum or whatever it happens to be. Um, if I see an opportunity to make some, um, to, to increase my position. Cause I think that in the long run, they'll, they'll, they'll do better. Um, 
Then I took about an, another 20% of my portfolio is focused on kind of, I would say, medium risk uh, investments where I look at uh, ones that generate some form of yield and and that allow me to get out of them very quickly, that they're they're super liquid. And that's one of the reasons I talk about pre-search a lot, because pre-search is a, is a node project, a master node. And it's essentially running the ecosystem uh, for the project. So you, as, as, a, as one of the node operators, as you run the system or run the mining or whatever you want to call it, um, they're, they're, I'm not going to get too technical on it, but what it is, but it's essentially a version of mining. And you buy the tokens, you stake your tokens, which are kind of act like a lottery ticket. You win the opportunity once in a while, your ticket is drawn and you win that opportunity to uh, write a transaction or a block onto the blockchain. And that's, that's similar how to Bitcoin works as well. It's just with Bitcoin and Ethereum and proof of works, it's more sheer computing power that does that, right? Hash power. So I like uh, masternode type projects because you get to run that and they reward you with tokens. So, and in particular, I really liked um, pre-search as an example, which is uh, actually, uh, uh, we'll end up talking about it later today. Uh, it's essentially, they're, they're a, a decentralized search engine. So they yep. allow you to uh, search the internet for topics, like just like you would Google or Yahoo or Bing or any of these other things. You use it just like you would a search engine because that's what it is. But instead of Google controlling all the data instead, um, and having all the servers collecting all the information, you are one of the node operators. You are one of the servers. So it goes through you. So it actually in the end becomes much faster because it doesn't require Google to have a server in this country or that country. It allows things to happen in a much faster method, and it's completely decentralized. So they can't once it once the node is onto mainnets, which is coming later this year, all that traffic is now turned over to the operators. So we can vote and say we don't like this thing happening. We can we can make changes to the to the entire infrastructure of the system. Uh, we have that ability to to modify things. That's where the decentralized thing. And the other thing is it's anonymous. So all my search history isn't being collected by Google anymore. It's you know, it's it's my data. It's anonymous, and so I can look at things and then not have to worry about being served um, hyper-targeted ads and things like that. Now, as a marketer, part of me goes, Ugh. I like I like the ability to run ads to people, right? I love as a business owner being able to put my offer in front of the right people. Um, as a privacy advocate, I don't like what the potential of algorithms can do to our our decision-making process. I I like being able to make my own decisions and not have a computer analyze every single thing. So to the extent that uh, I'm not sure if it's my decision anymore. And so pre-search allows us, gives us a tool for that. And you get, you earn pre-search tokens just for using the platform. So every time you search something out, you earn a small amount of pre, which is the token PRE. And, uh, and if you're a node operator, then you earn, a, you earn percentages of the traffic that moves through your particular node. And so it's a great, th these types of projects, Presearch, uh, Gala, um, Streamer, um, and many more are great passive-er methods of earning crypto. And they're fairly liquid. You can get in and out of them very fast. Now, are they the perfect solution? Is it? Is it? No, no. they're they're still risky. They're smaller projects. They're not Bitcoin. It, I mean, even Bitcoin has, is a node, right? You can run it as a node. And so these all factor together, but lots of those things are expensive to get into now. Like Gala, I brought up, but Gala is two hundred thousand dollars to buy. If you want to run a Gala node, it'll cost you two hundred thousand dollars just to, to get enough tokens to start the node. Um, pre, so if you, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So there's, there's lots of smaller ones that are coming on board pre-search, for example, I think you can get in, you can get on into pre-search for under $500. Now, um, you can get into streamer for under a thousand dollars. You can get into these different projects with, so it's really attractive to people like us that want to add a crypto element to our business without having to spend a quarter million dollars, for example. So you talk about node is note the same thing as a, as a mine, like you become a miner, do you do it on your computer or essentially? So, yeah, so, so a, a master node is to, um, proof of stake, uh, blockchains, what a Bitcoin mine or a miner is to a proof of work blockchain. And so I can kind of explain that. So proof of these are consensus mechanisms and essentially a blockchain is a distributed ledger. So it's just a, a series of transactions, just like you would find in an accounting system, right? So that's what a blockchain is, a list of the transactions of what happens on it. And everybody, and when it's distributed, that means that everybody gets a copy. A miner in a proof of work, for example, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and many others, uh, Dogecoin, uh, Kadena, uh, and, and lots of others, those how 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 the transactions get written to the blockchain or how they agree is called a consensus mechanism and then the miners are the ones that are rewarded and they're rewarded by having enough hash power to solve a complex mathematical equation that gives them the ability to write that block and then they get rewarded in whatever token it happens to be so it's um there's some really great um speaking of resources there's a really, really great um, YouTube channel that breaks this down called Whiteboard Crypto, and they'll draw it out. It's absolutely amazing, the difference between proof of work, proof, proof of stake, because um, it, it takes a little bit more time than we really have to really break this down in a, in a really good way. Um, but that's how, and I mean, I talk about it in my, in my course, uh, but in the meantime, for people that aren't necessarily, you know, coming to the course, that's a great resource for them is, is, block, is uh, uh, Whiteboard Crypto. You got it. Um, and then, and so, so a node is is node a, a piece of software or a computer that you set up at home in your basement? And yes, and no. So it can okay. it can be either or. So typically, you can run a node from your own private server, right? So you can have a, a computer. That, yes, and you can run. Most nodes can run on a small piece of software, right? So you can even run an, many nodes on like a Raspberry Pi, which is tiny. It's just a tiny piece of a, a computer that costs you like fifty bucks. Uh, However, lots of node projects, you can usually run one, maybe two different um, node projects or node, node servers on one machine. Uh, and oftentimes, if you want to run multiple nodes of the same project, like pre-search, for example, I run many nodes. And if, but if you want to run a bunch of them, what you have to do is you have to, um, uh, you have to have a different IP address for every single one. So you look at a virtual private server. Right. So basically an online somebody there's computer somewhere and I'm renting server space, a virtual machine somewhere else. And that's typically how most uh, high most most of the projects are run is through a, a VPS or a virtual private server. And that's the node side of mining. So instead of and the difference being that you don't have to own any Bitcoin or Ethereum when you start mining, you just you turn on the miner, it starts put, putting out hash power and solving these calculations. And when it kicks back, kicks back rewards with a proof of stake blockchain, you put the, with a node, you have to buy the tokens first, kind of like investing in the miner. Um, and but the nice thing about the node thing is like miners eventually break down and wear out and you have to replace them or technology improves with proof of stake. 
you still own your tokens. I mean, they go up and down in value, unlike a miner, but it, you'll still have, you can get out of those projects if you want in, at a future time. So a proof of stake with notes, you have to have, let's say, 20 Ethereums, and you would use that to run transactions against your own coins. Is that, did I get that right? Um, well, let's use, let's use, um, uh, Pre-search, for example, you require two, a minimum of 2,000 pre-search tokens, which are around 12 cents a piece right now, uh, to start up a node. And then each of those tokens, it gets staked into your node. And though each token acts as a lottery ticket. And so it'll randomly, every time they write a block, um, it'll randomly select uh, a token from, some, from multiple people and say, you won. You have the opportunity now to write this transaction to the blockchain, and so they, there's a and there's a, there's it's more complicated. There's like a few other, the the mechanism itself is more complex and it's a it's a long process to explain, but eventually it acts as a lottery ticket for you to win that opportunity, and then you're removed from the next cycle so that somebody else has an opportunity, and it just keeps cycling like that. Oh, bro, let's let's dumb this down like to so the average Joe, yeah, understands what needs to happen. Tell me how much money I need to put in and how much money I can get out. Be like, okay. Mustafa, go here, put down sure. 500 bucks, and this is what it's going to give you. I don't need to know the technicalities. Yeah, perfect. So with pre-search, for example, uh, we'll stick to the one top, one piece. Uh, you can get in for, what is it? I said 12 cents times 2,000. So $240 for a token or for okay. a token, roughly, give or take. Okay. Um, and then you'll cost about another $60 for your virtual private server for the year. So what did we say? That was um, 250, let's see. So about $300. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so 310. And um, so for about $300, you can, and there's some coding and things involved. That's why I walk through it. Um, I have a guide on this particular process because it's one of my favorite projects. Uh, for about, let's say, after everything's said and done, maybe it's 350, right? So for $350 and you'll earn per node roughly uh, and it, this is this is a sliding scale because it depends on um the reliability of the server uh but typically you'll earn right now between three and four pre-search tokens per day uh so that's let's say let's say three let's take that over a 30-day time period that's going to give you 90 um and 90 times 12. Jesus, this my three three times 365. Oops. Wrong math there. Uh, oh, my my computer buttons have frozen up. Um, but anyway, it, it should if you're putting in about $350, your first year, it should return you roughly uh about $20 to $30 a month. Um I will so pay for itself within the first year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, well, it pays for the services that you pay for. So for yeah. example, your VPS only ends up costing you 60 bucks a year. So that you can, you should technically recover your investments in for the whole year in three months. Love it. Um, and that's current, um, later this year, they're launching their main nets. And when that happens, they it hasn't even been monetized yet. When that happens, they'll start passing on 20% of all ad spend because they're, they have an ads platform. 20% of all ads will get rewarded to the node operators. 
So that will increase again um, significantly. So this is I, I I'm on a goal to have as many nodes in Presearch as I possibly can. That's my it's by far my heaviest node investment project, and it's the one I advocate for the most. If I just want to buy, you buy one node. Is that the terminology? Yeah. You buy one node of Presearch. We can get it now. Set it up for roughly roughly around three hundred dollars. Yes. That's American or Canadian? American. American. So about ten grand Canadian. You can set it up. So I'm yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so three hundred dollars American, you can set it up, and and then it will start producing money. And within the first year, for what I understood, it will pay for itself, and the rest will be profits. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Gang, what I what I want to mention to say is, you know, back in 2015 and 16 and 17, people were talking about Bitcoin, and they're like, "Dude, you should buy a little bit of Bitcoin." And I'm like, "Dude, I have no clue about it." You've got to educate me. What's is it safe? Am I gonna lose a hundred dollars? Because I could, you know, go into Martin's and buy coffee with that money. There's probably be better pleasure, you know, return on that money. And I just came up with a bunch of dumb responses. And now I'm like, I wish I would have bought a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin back in 2015, because by now I probably would have been uh, retired, right? And so. This is like I keep hearing about examples like you need you could set up your note with 300 bucks. Why don't you do it? And then I I see myself, I've done this, I'm guilty as I could be. And I see a lot of people are like, you've got to convince me, and I'm not sure about this stuff. It's like, dude, put in 300 bucks. You could put in 300 bucks, right? And see the results for yourself. So some of the stuff that this guy, my friend Brady, is talking about. It's like the stuff, and, and I think uh, 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 crypto is still in its infancy and it's got a long way to go and it is changing the world. And um, we just don't have enough time to talk about the whole thing. So, could you tell us about the yes? While we're at it, uh, tell us about your gift uh, uh, that you're sharing with the audience. Sure. So I wrote up a gift that I, I it's part of my crypto community that I, I teach um, and I, I write up guides and stuff for them occasionally. And so I'm such a huge advocate of pre-search, for example, I put together a step-by-step -step, uh, uh, guide on how to actually build, set up your first pre-search node. It removes a lot of the complication uh, because there's so many, te there's technical steps, like there is actual coding. You need to use some, um, it's, it's not like for the, if you can't turn your computer on and check your email, it's not going to help you, right? But if you can follow instructions, uh, this will be a guide for you to set up your first node relatively simply. Um, of course, like my email is connected to the stuff so people can always message me if they have any problems. Um, and this guide allows you to do that very quickly. You could have your you could have your note up and running today. It's very fast. It, it made your the longest thing the, the thing that takes the longest is simply setting up the pre-search account and getting approved to have that account um, uh, to run a node. And that that usually happens in less than an hour. <laughs> so so it's very fast. Love it. And for the people that don't have a clue about coding and they're not tech savvy, do you guys help them with that? Uh, I actually put the code right in the uh, in the guide. So the code that they need is right there. It's, there's very clear instructions on replace this particular thing. Here's where you get it in the pre-search dashboard. Um, here's the, the server that you would buy, the VPS service. Uh, here's how to set it up within that VPS service. So everything is, is very clearly laid out. Beautiful. So, gang, if you're interested in getting started with setting up your own note with Presearch, 
and uh, I guess start start making some money and getting. It sounds like an early stage of this game with the nodes right now. Yeah, I mean, pre, master nodes have been around for a long time. Uh, there was a big master node craze like four or five years ago. Uh, however, with pre search, I think with what they have coming down the pipeline, this is a pretty early phase. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been buying it for almost a year. Four or five years ago is relatively new and sounds like it's still in the beginning. So. Mm -hmm. One of those things you should get in and uh, put some money. Like I would, uh, even if you don't want to put your life savings in it, put something in there that later on you're like, uh, you know, I, I'm really glad I, I invested and I listened to Mustafa and Brady and Brady shared his brilliance on, you know, crypto and his uh, intelligence. I'm really glad I took that advice. So uh, the link is uh, in the comments of the show. Uh, it's a little complicated for me to kind of spell it out, but you could find it. Um, love it. So go grab and get, get access to Brady and his, uh, amazing, uh, PDF that lays out the step-by-step -step process on setting up the, a pre-search note on, and how to do that. Now, um, Brady, what, tell us about DeFi's. What are DeFi's? What is DeFi? So DeFi, DeFi stands for decentralized finance. It's mm -hmm. kind of uh, an umbrella term for any financial services found on a blockchain. Uh, you know, it, and many, many different blockchains have it, Ethereum, uh, Avalanche, uh, Matic, or Polygon. Um, all, all, there's many, many different blockchains that run it. Um, with DeFi, you can do most of the same things that a bank would support. So you can earn interest, you can borrow, buy, lend insurance, or you can, like all these different things. You can trade derivatives, you can trade assets, lots of things. But it's faster, doesn't require paperwork um, or a third party like you would with if you're using a, a trading platform or traditional bank. Also, though, uh, it, it it comes with the danger of like it's radically taking control of your finances because there's no recourse if something goes sideways. Um, it's a it's global. It's a peer to peer situation. I mean, so it's for me to um, Mustafa, for example, um, it's not routed through a centralized system. Um, and an example of deep, like Bitcoin, um, when you, it, it can be a DeFi, it's not typically used that way. Um, but you know, Ethereum, Cardano, stuff like that. The, the problem is, or not the problem, but the benefits are, of course, you don't need to apply for anything. One of the easy sides is, or one of the bonuses of DeFi is like, I have assets, digital assets in this case, right? I want to borrow money so that I can buy a new car, a new house, buy, fix something, make another investment or whatever. Right. Um, I don't need to pass that pass anybody else. I can borrow physical, I can borrow real money against my digital assets. So I can say, oh, and usually it's around a 50% loan to value, but I can actually pick and say, well, I only want to do this much or that. So it's very um, uh, quick and easy to do. Um, it's flexible, meaning like I don't need anybody's permission to do things. Uh, and it's very quick. In fact, if you're, whether you're generating interest or you're making a transaction, it can happen in seconds to maybe a couple of hours, depending on what it is, versus days or weeks like you can see on the traditional markets. Uh, the downsides, of course, or is being, you know, the fluctuating price of the currency that's happening, um, which means you can, you know, you take out a loan at a 50% loan to value, and all of a sudden now it changes the price and now you're sitting at 90% loan to value. So that can happen very quickly. Um, so with that volatility, you can, of course, um, get liquidated and your asset be sold. However, the money you've borrowed to use elsewhere is still yours. So you would have, you know, it limits your um, total losses by, you know, you've used that money elsewhere. Um, and the other part is 
when a traditional market or whatever, or company, um, actually that would be technically called CFI, centralized finance. Yeah. Uh, you have with a traditional market that, that CFI world, that transactions, that log, you get a bank statement, you get a credit card statement, you get a trading statement. They provide all those things. They maintain those records for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. However, with DeFi, you are responsible for your own tax purposes, your own, uh, and making sure that you're sticking to the regulations within your own industry. Um, so it's, it's very careful. It's, it, it can be wildly amazing and uh, terrifying at the same time. So is DeFi affecting the banking industry? Like are banks going to be irrelevant like in a few years? Or are banks going to use this technology? I Yes, and. Uh, I think both are most likely. Uh, as like I see a number of different things coming, like real estate properties becoming an NFT or a digital asset, right? So instead of having to go through a lawyer, a notary, and all the other pro, uh, you know real estate agents or whatever, somebody will be able to list their property on a on a real estate website as an NFT, and somebody can just buy it. There's no, and then you can already do auctions and things like that. So it's not going to affect things. And then that ownership will transfer um, unequivocally to the right person. There's no chicanery or scamming or things that you see like I, I you know you know as you know that I've recently um why well, I, I I'm, I'm nomadic and I've lived sometimes in Mexico and sometimes in Canada US and Colombia and other places uh there's a lot of like stuff that happens that doesn't shouldn't have to happen there's bribes that get paid there's extra fees that end up and I think that uh you'll see that as blockchains make their way into the more traditional markets that will start to dissipate and you'll see that happen. So I think banks will adopt it uh, to a certain extent. I think governments will likely at some point adopt a uh, cryptocurrency of their own. You're seeing that already in China uh, and many other places. Uh, Bitcoin, of course, being uh, a legal tender in multiple countries now, I think three or four, uh, if, you know, the first one being El Salvador, although it's not quite working out the way they had hoped for. Uh, but at the same time, it, it has a very positive, it has a, the effect of where it's going, I think, will have banks come on board with it because they just won't be able to get out of it. Uh, they can't hide money. They can't deny money. And I think it's going to become... I don't expect the governments will catch up soon enough. I expect we're probably like 30 to 50 years away from the government being able to react because they're such slow-moving machines. Um, but I would bet the banking industry um, is fully on board within the next 15, 20 years. I would, and I would bet that in general, most many businesses... If people don't incorporate uh, cryptocurrency of some sort into their business um, within the next 10 years, the, their business won't survive. So a couple of things I want to go over. <clears throat> One was uh, the word NFT for okay. people that have, including me, and have, I still have, I have no clue what NFT is. And then Todd, would you talk about incorporating it into business? Sure. So uh, give us like the two liner on NFTs and what they are. Sure. So NFTs are a non-fungible token means there's only one of them. So it's like a piece of precious art. And then uh, how do you, how, how would that relate to your house? Like selling your house as an NFT? So your, your house can be minted as an NFT because there's only one of them. Like you don't have copies of your physical home or property, right? It's a single piece. So the, you won't be able to obviously put your actual physical home into a blockchain, right? But the, uh, the deed, or the the paperwork involved, that can absolutely be added as an NFT, so it can be transferred for easily with ownership. Um, a great a good way to describe NFTs is um, they're a single digital asset um, and they're non um, non duplicatable. 
fungible assets are duplicatable. Fiat currency, which is cash, right? Canadian dollars, US dollars, euro. Those are fungible tokens. Those are repeat, like, and they, every time things go sideways, the governments just make more of them, right? Just like print more of them, make more of them. With NFTs, it's one. You can't print more. Um, you know, there's there's a limited amount of them. And so it allows you to kind of uh, uh, take your asset and make it easy to control and and tr and see where the ownership goes. Interesting. So I know that that's not that's in a conversation for another day. Like that, we probably need another couple of hours to explore NFTs. And I know people are like selling NFTs right, left, and center, and they're creating it out of art and music and paintings and drawings and designs and games and oh it's mm -hmm. it's a whole gang if you're watching or listening i'm kind of tech savvy i understand it i own a software i understand software and i am clueless about nfts and half the stuff that brady is talking about i'm like whoa this is <laughs> next level language for me so um that's something that people need to learn uh, do you teach about nfts in your program I don't teach you what I'm in my program, no. Uh, it, because there's multiple stratas of NFTs and how they work. I have done some consulting on people using them in their business, uh, it, whether that's like to sell a course, right? Uh, an NFT can have a password that's hidden to only the owner. And so the owner has to have a wallet add, that can open the NFT and then it gives them a secure password to unlock whatever it is that you're that they've purchased. Um, so there, there are some things around that. But no, I focus more in the course on you know, how to build revenue generating sources uh, for the business. Love it. So you talked about uh, also um, uh, using technology and uh, blockchain and this whole thing in your business. Give us the short version of where people get a started or could get a started implementing this stuff in their business. Well, first, the easiest solution would be to get a, um, a wallet address or wallets like a, a Exodus wallet or on any number of crypto wallets that are available and not necessarily a hardware wallet. That's not what I'm describing, a, a, a software wallet so that you can um, receive currencies. Now, there's a little bit of a process to set it up. But for example, I can accept current. If somebody wants to pay, one of my clients wants to pay me, I can charge them in Bitcoin. I can charge them in Ethereum. All I need to do is give them my wallet address. As long as they have that cryptocurrency, they can send it to me. And it's verifiable. There's no middleman. They can't be like, oh, it's on the way, or it's this thing, or it's that thing. Um, or you can, I know for sure they sent me the right amount of money. And they know for sure they sent me the right amount of money because it's clearly showed it up in the blockchain and it's, it's irreversible. So it's one thing I really like because there's a lot of um, scammers in the market on both sides. Um, where they're like, hey, I, you know, I bought this product and I'm just going to immediately refund and keep the thing and go. Well, crypto allows you to have more control over that process yourself. You manually can refund people and rather than, and I mean, you may or may not want to do that, but it allows you to have more control over that particular piece of the, of the process. And uh, the way to do that would be like, you know, if you wanted to take a coin that's not um, highly volatile, you would pick a stable coin. So uh, a currency that's a cryptocurrency that's pegged to uh, the US dollar, Canadian dollar, euro, whatever. Um, USDC, USDT, um, stay away from USD right now. Um, you know, something that um, is stable 
and is tied one to one for a dollar. So that way it's also easily um, accounted for in taxes or much more easily accounted than Bitcoin, which you take a Bitcoin payment and all of a sudden now it lose, it goes from 30,000 to 20,000. Um, but you have to pay taxes on the whole thing, right? Even though your, your cash in hand is more 20,000, not 30, right? So there are some, there are some things to overcome in that. Um, the, the biggest thing about my training is more learning all the ins and outs, the dangers, um, the pitfalls, um, the risk levels, like what's, what's highly risky, what's not really risky. What are the, what are the definitions? Cause there's a whole different terminology in cryptocurrency in that whole blockchain world, um, that most people don't understand. And we deep dive into it. And I walk people through hand, uh, like hand in hand through several different strategies and I invest in front of them so they can see what it looks like to actually invest in a cryptocurrency, to actually buy something, to trade something, to, um, to set up one of these, like, for example, a pre-search node or something like that. I'll walk people through those particular processes. Tell us about your training that's coming up and what what's happening when it's happening, what people will get out of it. Sure. So next week uh, we start, we're in the, the I, I always teach it live because crypto changes so fast uh, and we do six weeks live. Each week I dive into a different area of the topic. So week one, it's kind of like an intro. You learn more of the definitions, the terminology uh, and setup because we'll need to do a few things to get ready if you choose to pursue uh, what comes next. So in week two, we'll actually, I, I will invest in a project in front of everybody. And if they choose, um, they can follow along with me. And if they have any trouble, I'll help troubleshoot the problem for them. Uh -huh. um, you know, and then we do, you know, in week three, I get into a wrap up. We go into, okay, was there any questions from last week? Here's the next steps. Here's the next level of risk here. Well, let's explore this area. Here's the next investment. Let's get ready for that. Week four, we dive into that investment. Week five, we do the final investment. And week six, we wrap up. We cover, make sure they know everything they need to about cryptos that get all their questions answered that they can. And a lot of people, like I've had financial advisors go through my training um, and look at it and be like, oh, this helped me understand this is too risky for my risk level, right? It, this is helps you set a baseline on where you want to add crypto into your business and in what capacity. Some people are not ever going to want to buy cryptocurrencies, but they might add NFTs or they might decide that they want to run nodes or have a, a mining operation, Ethereum mining, whatever it happens to be. Um, and we go through those particular pieces step by step, piece by piece until um, everybody's clear on which particular uh, um, step we've covered is done. In fact, the training itself is less than an hour every every time we go through. But I we go we have a huge Q&A section where everybody gets to you know make sure they have all the technical side of things uh, kind of wrapped up. 100%. So who is this course good for? It's good for anybody um, that is a, more in the entrepreneurial spirit and wants to add a, another revenue source to their uh, to their business, whether that's um, a more passive one, more active one. Uh, so that works really good for that. If they want to start adding cryptocurrency as a form of payment, right? We can talk about how that happens uh, and how they need to add it to their business because uh, it usually has to be a separate thing they add. Uh, and then it's good for the typical investor who just wants to find a way to, or the typical uh, I would say it's not necessarily an investor, but a, a business owner or even any regular human, any normal person that wants to add a crypto portfolio to their background and start adding a new stream of income. I've, I found there's a number of people, for example, um, Alexander Inglis from uh, Vancouver. Uh, he's a teacher, right? He, an ESL teacher. And he wanted to add a crypto uh, stream of income so that he didn't have to just rely on his teaching in his, his teaching job. Um, so he wanted to start a side hustle. And so that's what he did with, with, with crypto.
Love it. And who is this not for? Uh, if you have no technical ability and you're very much like anti-tech, that's going to be the biggest killer. It, you have to be interested and willing to learn how to do technology. Um, it's not highly complicated when it comes to technical stuff, like not simple, like buying and selling Bitcoin uh, is very simple. It, at, at its base level, it's using a credit card or a bank in e-transfer, for example, put money into accounts and clicking a button. Like yeah. that's that, that part's not hard. So if that's all somebody wants to do, I can show them how to do that very simply. Uh, and then, but, but if they want to start investing in these projects, you're using multiple blockchains. You know, you're using what's called a bridge to transfer between blockchains, and and uh, you have to calculate gas fees, which is the cost of uh, tr uh, which is the transaction cost in cryptocurrency. They call it a, a gas fee. Um, so there's a lot of uh, technical stuff involved, and if you're setting up a node, you have to learn how to code, right? But you don't have to learn how to code line by line. You just have to learn how to open up a terminal or uh, um, some form of of, of uh, Linux command code program that I walk people through and it paste in the code and that's it. So it's fairly simple to follow, but it's definitely not for someone who's not interested in learning technology. Got it. So if you run a business and you are somewhat tech savvy, you, you, and you want to support on, uh, incorporating, um, uh, this um uh, what's the word that we're trying to incorporate here i'd say cryptocurrency into their cryptocurrency business. that's the word that i'm looking for as we've only been talking about it for an hour uh, <laughs> uh so if you want to incorporate cryptocurrency into your business and into your life and you feel like you're kind of behind on that because this boat started about a few years ago and it's still in its early stages and it's, it's still a good time to get in and you're like, you know what? Someone like Brady who has paid the price heavily, has gone through it, spent the time, has tapped into different resources to learn about this, and is now here to share the experience with you with the step-by-step -by -step -by process on a weekly basis within a community with a bunch of people who are on the same boat and they can serve and support you. And if you run into any, any, any issues, they're there to answer questions, support you that way. So if you want to tap into Brady's wisdom and work with other people, reach out to Brady. And so uh, Brady, what's the best way for people to get uh, access to the course or to you, to you and how do they find you? Well, the, the, the simplest way to access the course is go to cryptofreedomformula.com. Uh, has like all the, what you're getting, what's involved and the process to like check out and, and pick up the program and get started next week. So that's the simplest way. Uh, I'm found on LinkedIn under Brady Patterson. You see me, I think I'm wearing black glasses. Uh, I think the bio picture that uh, that Mustafa has here for me, um, that's the same image that you'll find with me on LinkedIn. It may be under the Brady Patterson because I think Brady Patterson was taken. Uh, so so you might find me there like that. Um, my adventures, you'll find me on, on uh, mostly on Instagram if I'm taking pictures, but the reality is, is I'm not super socially active anymore. I tend to stay off of social media. I spend time with my family, my wife. Uh, I spend time with friends and very little time on social media. So the best way to do it is, is to write through the website, uh, start the program, get in touch with me. If you have questions, uh, I believe there's a chat widget on the site. You can shoot me a message or reply to any email the system sends you. So when you, let's say you, you're curious and you want to start by using the, the pre-search guide I offered as a gift, um, when you get that guide, just reply to it. And you reply to any email, I will get the email and I'll follow up with you.
100%. So, gang, uh, to get a hold of uh, Brady, uh, go to CryptoFreedomFormula.com. It's CryptoFreedomFormula.com. And you get tap uh, into Brady's Wisdom, sign up for the course. And um, if, if, if you actually uh, sign up for Brady, Brady's course, here's what I'm going to throw in. I'm going to throw in a bonus for people that sign up for Brady's um, course. Okay, so mention mention Mustafa on when you when you see him or when you sign up, and then I'm gonna throw in a surprise bonus. Um, Brady, how are you doing for time? Do you need to run? Can I ask you some personal questions? No, totally. Ask some questions. Um, I, I wanted to mention one thing around that too, like because you brought up the bonus, and I didn't realize I didn't even mention it. Um, I had concocted a little special for Mustafa because we've been friends for so long. So anyone that uses that that uses that linking and picks it up from Mustafa also gets a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one with me. So you can ask crypto questions that are specific, not just because some of you might have private questions you don't want to ask in a group format. Uh, this is a great way to do it for to have me look at something for you, look at your strategy. Uh, it, it'll add a huge boost to what you're doing. To get access, to get a free 30 minute session with Brady. I'm just going to post this other sign up through the link above to get a free 30 minute session with Brady. All right. I'm just making that as a comment so everyone can see that. And then that's very valuable if you're running a business and you're starting with crypto, you have questions, you're not sure. A free 30 minute session that's worth its weight in gold. Now, Brady, let me ask you a few couple of uh, personal questions. Um, what's a new thing you have tried recently? new thing i've tried recently uh be bigger or small as, as small as a drink as big as flying to the moon. yeah uh, my wife and i have been i think you and i've talked about this we we've, we've always loved animals and so uh, every time i go somewhere i end up rescuing something and bringing it back to canada and finding a home for it here uh we started uh house sitting which i'm loving and because it's not really house sitting it's more pet sitting uh people that house sit don't really need a house sitter we usually need somebody to care for their little fur balls uh, or I've been really enjoying that experience. In fact, I leave on Saturday for a house sit where we have two cats and a 40 year old parrot uh, that I'm just fascinated by. Uh, you know, the parrots can outlive their owner. So it's, it's, I love it. I've been really enjoying that process. And I only, my wife and I are very particular. We only choose homes of people that have homey homes. We want, we want to, we want to, and in places that we want to go. <laughs> That's and the other thing. How do you find these house setting projects or opportunities? Uh, most, we've actually been doing it, I guess, for what, eight years. So a lot of referrals over the time. Uh, and then recently when we went fully nomadic last year, uh, we actually looked into a service. And so there are a couple of services around, you know, finding house sitters. Oh, wow. I didn't know there is a service for house sitting. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. In places that I like to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. So what are your top two or three favorite books of all time? Uh, that's a great question. I haven't read. I think, uh, well, one that's really kind of sticking out for me right now um, was uh, Built to Sell. Uh huh. Um, that was a, a, a business book. I have. I, I, most of my stuff is nonfiction. Um, I would say Built to Sell is a great one. Another one would be Work the System by Sam Carpenter. 
Um, that was a great book on systemization for, and there's two sides to it. There's the business systems. And then it also opens up like a conversation around what are the personal systems I can put in place to make my life easier. Uh, and I think probably um, the Harry Potter books. Um, I'm, yeah. you know, I love those books. I'm going to go with the fictional one. I've, I've been reading those. I've reread them. I have read them. Um, as since they came out, I don't know how many times now there, but I, I think it should be a mix of like, you learn stuff and you just have fun. Absolutely. I love fiction. So years ago, I got advice to kind of alternate between fiction and nonfiction. So I have time to digest yeah. all the nonfiction stuff and the fiction kind of activates or reactivates, um, uh, the, the, the vision, vision portion of your brain and the fast, the fantasy point of part of your brain. <laughs> and uh, when I read fiction, actually, funny enough, I come up with ideas constantly. That's why I like the, ma the magical side of like those Harry Potter books. It because the pot, it's so much possibility, and yeah. with with pot, and, and it fits really well into my industry. Uh, possibility is a huge part of it, and I think that the world could use a bit more of it. Fantastic. What's one advice that made a massive impact in your life or business? Uh, you're the, probably July Ono, O-N-O. -O. She's from, she lives in Vancouver. Uh, about 20 some years ago, um, I was just exploring like investments and whatever, and kind of had a conversation with her and she made a statement. I don't even know if it's hers. It's probably not hers, probably from somebody else, but she's the one who told it to me. And it, she said, your network will be your net worth whatever. And, and she meant that in two different ways. And she explained it. She said that the, you, you'll become the average of the people you spend your time around. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then also if you're, if it's done correctly and you're authentic and real about how you do it, your network will be the thing that saves you when you're at your worst. And, uh, I would say that that's when I've had my worst times, I've reached out to my friends, my community, whether it's a personal business contact, like, um, you know, I've known each other for a long time. There's things that I would probably reach out to you for if I was really in desperate need. And I was like, God, dude, I need some help with something. Um, personally, um, I, I feel I could rely on you and I would contact you. And just that, that peace of mind goes a long ways for me. Absolutely. Great advice. If you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone on the planet with internet could see and you had a message for people, what would your message be? Be nicer, be kind. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain that. <laughs> it's nice, simple, and to the point. Brady, um, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Uh, we could easily go on for another five hours. I'm sure we can. And I've known you for such a long time. And every time we, hey, we have a chat, I learn something new from you. You're such a giver. You have such a, such a, such a clean and clear heart and um uh, gang if you're watching listening definitely reach out to brady tap into his wisdom and uh he doesn't hold back he is definitely nice and kind <clears throat> and so um if he offers something uh, and uh I, 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 i'll be there if says mustafa i need to promote this for me i won't even think about it right so uh is there anything you'd like to talk about we didn't get a chance to touch on that people should know people should know um, or it's something you want to mention before we wrap up i don't think so i i, I think i mean well i mean 
the world's in a state of chaos right now. And uh, I think that it's important to remember that this too shall pass like anything else. I mean, the world is always going to be in flux. We're always going to deal with change. We're going to deal with changes in governments, changes in uh, in uh, viral stuff, changes in in friendship and communities and locations. Change is just an inevitable part of, of being alive, including the time when we change and we're no longer alive. Right. So um, that would be the only thing I would talk about from a, like a public standpoint. And then the, the only other thing I was curious about was like, you know, your family. I, we haven't had a one on one in a while. And I'm so curious how, you know, the kids are doing and and your wife. Good, man. Kids are good. Uh, they're growing. And, um, yeah, I have my, my younger one is two and a half older one is six point something. And, uh, yeah, family's good. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Good. Brother. Thank you. Appreciate you and your time and sharing your wisdom, wisdom, uh, gang again, as usual, uh, reach out to uh, Brady. If you have questions about crypto and, uh, Brady is way more than just crypto and uh, he, he knows a, a, a ton about business about networking about uh if you want to be a real man he can definitely help you and so get get in touch with him the guy is 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 a is a wizard and uh so yeah thank you as usual please make sure to like and subscribe to the show and share it with people that could benefit from incorporating uh crypto into their business and into their life and uh, they could get on this uh, crypto boat and so they don't miss it, right? Already, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Mustafa Hosseini with my guest, Brady Patterson, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a great week and take care. Bye now.